0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And on this episode, I want to talk about the science of pushing yourself. Um, I've uh, talked a lot uh, on, uh, on this podcast about uh, about why we should push ourselves, the value of pushing ourselves, of doing hard things, uh, getting outside of our comfort zone, committing to our full potential. Um, uh, I've spoken with others about that at length. And uh, I want to, to unpack and provide uh, some of the, the actual hard science of why it's important and why it's valuable um, and why it matters uh, to push ourselves, and this—it's um, it, not coming out of thin air. This is something that uh, I've been thinking a lot about, specifically, um, it, specifically in the last several months. Um, what I'm seeing is that um, it is—it's becoming harder and harder for people to really, um, to, to really uh, commit to. Um, to, to do hard things, uh, to, to really find the time, the energy, the bandwidth, and I think there's a lot going on. I, I think, you know, what we're really, in my opinion, uh, coming to understand at a very basic level now, and we're, we're still unpacking it, is, is the real trauma that we all uh, have sustained as a result uh, of the global uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And you know the disruption that it caused in our lives, the the, the way that it um, uh, impacted us, uh, both from uh, kind of our day to day lives, how we managed our families, how we managed our work life, uh, to how we move through society um, and stress, uh, oftentimes associated with that. And there, there's so much that at play there. But what I have seen is that the conversations that I'm having with athletes. Now are unlike any conversations I've ever had uh, in my um, in my coaching career, and there there's so much um, there's so much at play. There's so much again. There's so much stress. There's so much um, there's so much fatigue present from balancing everything uh, over the last uh, several years and again managing all of the different pieces and parts of our lives the changes that that were present and came about as a result of the shifts globally Um, and you know again it's it's this i think it's a very dynamic uh construct And, and and again i think we're just starting to scratch the surface as it relates to fully understanding um, through you know social and psychological sciences, um, what it actually means uh, for us to to kind of fully give weight to what we've experienced, what we continue to experience, and how that will, will alter our uh, our world for the long term. But what what I'm seeing in you know my little corner of, of the world as it relates to the work that I do and my mission and vision for athletes is that those conversations are becoming more and more challenging. It's it's more and more challenging for athletes to carve out that time to understand why they should make the time, um, to understand how they need to set goals, why they should set stretch goals, why they should stick with those goals. Um, I'm, I'm finding more and more that communication, Uh, is challenging. You know, we're all stretched really thin um, and, you know, it is harder and harder seemingly for athletes to find the time and the bandwidth and the energy to communicate with with the support team that they need to reach their goals, be that a coach, um, you know, their family members, teammates, uh, physical therapists, dietitians, and so on. Um, and, And so, you know, all of that combined creates a very dynamic situation. It's a situation that doesn't necessarily, at face value, set uh, individuals up for success. You know, there, there's, there's a lot going on. And, and again, it's, it, what it boils down to is, is I'm seeing that it's harder and harder for people to commit to themselves. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that's something that I believe very, very strongly and is the idea that, or what I would, you know, refer to as the, uh, the truth, that there is immense value in committing to yourself, to making sure that that is something that you hold, um, that you, you know, hold in high regard and you make time for. And it's, it has always been challenging. Uh, it has always been the thing that, uh, so many athletes struggle with, but but really in the last six months um, has it seemed to really take shape in, in a way that I've never seen um, in, in you know, my capacity in my coaching career um, to date, N- not, not at the levels that we're seeing it. And so what I want to, to do is just work to unpack that. And I want to work to provide some kind of hard science evidence of why it's important to to push ourselves um so versus just saying it um and i and i want to i want to tie that back to what we're actually going through you know what it uh hopefully to give examples of what it looks and feels like to to move through day to day um and to make decisions around how we actually commit to ourselves you know we're seeing uh we're seeing so many statistics come out now um you know Around the impact that the the last several years have had uh, uh, on the world, but you know, uh, specific to my location, uh, to Americans, you know, the CDC reports that you know 42% um, of Americans reported gaining what equals out to be an average of 30 pounds um, uh, over the course of the pandemic. Uh, we're seeing, you know uh, 16 states, uh, in the United States are now reporting, um, that over 30% of their population, uh, is overweight, uh, or obese. Um, you know, and that's a result of, of stress. Uh, It's a result of a more sedentary lifestyle, again, due to the disruptions in our day-to-day lives and, um, and the closure of so many outlets that we had to, uh, to exercise, um, and uh, and the lack of security, you know, not knowing what was going to happen, not feeling like we could move through the world in a way that we were comfortable with or we were used to. So it's not, um, you know, I, I don't I don't provide those statistics to uh, to put you know blame or fault on anyone. But we, we, we definitely are seeing a connection between again the trauma and the experience that we've uh, that we've had and and how that's resulted uh, or that's impacted. Uh, our health, um, you know, we're, um, we're we're seeing a, a shift in uh, in in our ability as individuals, uh, as a society, to prioritize ourselves and our health first. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insideTracker.com slash endurance minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com tracker.com slash endurance minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs. To perform better and live longer. First, why does it matter that we push ourselves? Um, Where does it come from? You know, when we feel that resistance to commit to hard things, um, why do we feel that resistance in the first place? You know, why doesn't it? uh, Why doesn't it feel easier? You know, if it's something that we want, why? um, Why is it so damn hard? And. Um, and then to, like always, uh, help to provide some tools and to, uh, to again, use science uh, to make the link between, you know, that, that uh, the why to a better understanding of how we can uh, we can actually move forward. So a lot going on. Um, and, you know, this is something that, you know, again, just it's fascinating in the sense that I see so much opportunity for individuals, if we can help um, help people see the value in pushing themselves, help people understand what it is that's getting in their way, um, and and so often, as we'll see, uh, it's not it's not things that are that are blatantly obvious. You know, it, it's these kind of deep seated psychological. Um, components of you know who we are, of our kind of social constructs that we make decisions uh, based on or or out of, and um, and we don't even realize that we're getting in our own way. But it's really become you know exponential in so many ways over the last several years, um, and it, it's something that again more and more I'm faced with as I help athletes uncover uh, how they can be the best versions of themselves and. Reach their full potential. And so, um, and so, you know, that's, there's a, I think it's all well and good to, to say, you know, let's, let's commit to yourself. There's value in doing hard things, but I realize, you know, and I'm the first person that's guilty of this. um, If you don't know why you're, why you're exhibiting that behavior or maybe what's getting in your way, it can certainly be easier said than done. Um, especially when it feels like maybe you're starting from scratch, you know, if you're one of those people that, um, has been more sedentary or maybe has experienced, um, some weight gain or a shift in, uh, in, in your confidence, uh, or your ability to, to engage in movement in the way that you, you did, um, you know, uh, some time ago, uh, all those things, um, all those things matter, you know, and it impacts how we, uh, how we make decisions, how we set goals, how we see ourselves. Um, so, so I want to talk about again the science uh, of of pushing yourself. Um, and you know, the first place that um, that I want to start is just this idea of the the hedonic principle. Uh, those of you that are listening might be familiar with this. Um, it's a, it's a relatively uh, well known have um, kind of psychological construct and it's just this idea that you know we're wired to seek out enjoyable experiences we're wired to to seek out the easy path you know that's you know classic path of least resistance and the reason that i that i start with that is because i i do think it's important to 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 understand that principle and then use it to provide some context the context is that if everything else has been more challenging, right, moving through our daily lives, getting the kids to school, um, you know, tapping into our work environment, uh, if that happened to be remote, if it's not remote, there was more stress to that, right? How do we remain safe in our workplace? How do we keep our coworkers safe? When we come back home, how do we keep our families safe? Stress on top of stress, small decisions um, and all of that adds weight. So, if those seemingly normal things or the things that were relatively, um, you know, fixed and consistent in our lives started to um, require more high level decision making, started to require more brain power uh, and more mental and emotional space, then in anywhere that we can, we're going to. Um, We're going to naturally take this path of least resistance. We're going to be, we're going to tap into that natural, you know, um, wiring that's going to, um, that's going to help us make the easy decision to save energy for other things. So again, we can see just, you know, that very simple principle or idea start to take shape where as it applies to doing hard things and setting goals, uh, specific Specifically, you know, uh, uh, physical goals. Um, if everything else in our life is more challenging, if it's harder, uh, if we and we have to put in the effort there, right? We 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 need to maintain our job. Uh, we need to continue to show up for our family, to support our family, to be there for our friends. Um, you know, all of these things require more effort. Well, then when we go to shift our focus to to our goals from a physical perspective. To to movement based goals, it's it's a hard thing to put energy into, um, right? It it it, it is easy to um, to just take that path of least resistance, and so that could that could have manifested itself in 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 several ways. Um, It could have manifested itself in not doing anything at all, right? We just don't have the energy. So the path of least resistance is is to be more sedentary, Um, and um it could have manifested itself in that we we downplay our goals or we set goals that are not quite as challenging but we know we're going to <clears throat> we know we're going to meet them um but again they don't require as much thought they don't require as much effort um and so that's uh, that's a good for me that was when i when i when i used it as a construct to understand why I'm having more of these challenging conversations or why I'm having conversations with people that are having more challenges or a harder time committing to themselves, um, you know, pushing harder. um, That, that made it really clear for me. I was like, Oh yeah, there's so much effort required to do all these other things that when it comes to this thing, we, we, we take an easier path, um, and, and because it just, we just don't have the energy. We don't have the bandwidth. You know, everything else is is so much harder. Um, and but what we're seeing now is we're seeing um, we're seeing studies uh, being released that are actually looking at the positive impact of pushing ourselves and how that impacts our overall life satisfaction. Um, so, uh, one of the more recent ones was in the journal of positive psychology released, uh, earlier this may, and, um, they did a, a study that, um, that when people push themselves, they had two groups, when the individuals that pushed themselves, uh, reported on their overall life satisfaction, those that, uh, set stretch goals or, um, or stepped outside of their comfort zone reported a higher life satisfaction than those that operated within their comfort zone or weren't uh, stretching themselves. So really interesting stuff. We're starting again to see science applied to the value of pushing ourselves, the value of, of stretching ourselves. Um, so those are a few just kind of constructs to set the stage. Now I want to go through five areas that um, that I've identified in my research that that I thought um, really helped to capture, you know, why the the science behind pushing ourselves. You know, again, why does it matter? Um, why do we need to show up? Why is it so challenging in the first place? Um, because it is challenging, right? If it wasn't, everybody would do it. Um, you know, we're not talking about things that that everybody does on a daily basis, right? As much as I would love for that to be the case, as much as I would love for everyone to, to really reap the benefits and see the value in, uh, in, in reaching, you know, your full potential as it relates to, um, you know, a, a reaching a physical goal, um, it's, it's not the case, you know? And it, it's, you know, while it's my life's work to help people understand that and as many people as possible, um, most people are, are, are not going to engage in that. So it is challenging. It's always going to be challenging. But again, it's become, I think, even more so. And so, um, so I want to go through these five areas to help you guys, um, again, understand more fully and more comprehensively the science behind um, some of this stuff. And as always, um, hopefully help you Um, with some actionable takeaways on how you can uh, apply these things to your life, to the areas that you're maybe struggling with. Um, So the first one is to set realistic goals. Um, Talked a lot about goal setting uh, on this podcast. Talked a lot about the value in setting uh, stretch goals. Uh, I just mentioned the study in the Journal of Positive Psychology about setting stretch goals. So there's this, there's this fine line um, between setting uh, goals that are aggressive, but also understanding your capabilities um, and using your ability to set that threshold for your goal. And what science, uh, the science supports you know, a measured, um, measured goals that are in alignment with your ability. So it's basically, you know, you can think of it like if it's too aggressive, then our brains can very quickly shift to, well, that's too hard. You know, I probably won't win or I probably won't complete it or I probably won't have the time or energy to actually train appropriately for this thing, so why even show up, right? So if it's too if it's too aggressive, if it's too much of a stretch goal, um, then we can, it can be easier to, to pull back. And, and, and that would be, a, a reverting to that hedonic principle. So that path of least resistance, um, you know, this thing's too hard. So I'll take, I'll take the easy path. So, so the realistic goal, um, is that thing that's just outside of your ability level and the, 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 reason that I started with this one is because this is something I've seen show up for a lot of athletes, right? So let's, 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 um, link it to the last several years. Um, a lot of folks were cooped up, weren't able to do the things they wanted to do, whether that's races, trips, uh, experiences, group activities, whatever it was. Um, their ability to do those things and engage in those things began to to be uh, approachable and so many people um maybe went in a little too deep right so um i let's say you know you maintained um relatively you know consistent running over the last several years but Again, you were stressed. You were really trying to manage lots of different pieces and parts. and um you know you 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 ran five ks consistently. Well, <clears throat> things started to open back up again, and you signed up for a marathon in a few months. so that's that's that that's a good example of, or I use that to highlight a goal in relation to your ability level, right? where I think what's important is that we use that science to understand how to pace ourselves in such a way where we can really enjoy the full experience, right? So maybe a marathon is is your long-term goal, but maybe we set you know a 10K, a half marathon, and a marathon out over the next you know, year and a half, and we build comfortably into that to ensure you enjoy the process. Again, if we outpace that... If you get into that training and you outrun your ability level or you outpace your ability level, the process really suffers, your joy in that process suffers. And again, you're going to revert to, uh, or it's much more easy to revert to, to that path of least resistance, right? You're like, well, <clears throat> you know, I'm never going to be able to build to that type of mileage. I don't have the fitness I thought I did. Um, maybe you get upset that you you lost fitness during a specific time period um, and so uh, then you you give up on those goals. So setting those realistic goals is important, you know And, I, and again, seeing more and more of this, everybody's antsy, uh, everybody's excited to dive back in. that's fantastic, but let's not outpace, you know, our ability level. Let's be realistic about where we're at. That's okay. and and work to set goals accordingly and establish a runway that's in alignment with that ability. In those in those goals. So um, again, there's some psychology there that if we understand that, um, it helps us understand or, or better pace uh, our experience, better understand the process needed to reach our goals. Not that those stretch goals are completely unobtainable, it's that we just might need more time. Um, and again, that's something that we've seen a lot Uh, in the endurance sports space. There's a lot of eagerness to dive in head first. I love that, Um, but let's let's pace it, right? Again, set realistic goals in alignment with your ability. Stretch goal just on the outside of that. And that's going to be the sweet spot that keeps you excited, motivated, helps you find joy in the process. Uh, Hey, everyone. Uh, I recently came across a new product on the market, uh, and I wanted to take a moment to share it. Uh, with our listeners. Uh, Access Nutrients has created a supplement designed to assist with better absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and magnesium. Uh, This is a heavily researched and science-backed supplement that helps to break down the anti-nutrient phytate. Uh, Phytate is present in things like beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. Uh, Any product made from these foods, uh, such as pasta rice, chickpeas, nut butters whole wheat flour cereals etc etc uh, so without the enzyme the above mentioned micronutrients are largely unavailable for abs- absorption leading to deficiencies so without iron our body struggle to transport oxygen without zinc our body's immune system is impaired and many enzymatic processes cannot function normally so this enzyme has already helped a number of people that I work with uh, on the athlete side with better performance, improved energy, uh, anemia, fatigue, and other conditions. Uh, You can have a read through the research on their site for more information, but just trust me when I say that this enzyme could be a game changer uh, for many of you when it comes to optimizing your performance. Uh, I've been taking it um, for about two to three months now, and I've noticed uh, big changes in my recovery, my sleep, uh, muscular fatigue, uh, endurance, uh, my ability to fuel uh, more closely to workouts. So it really has been um, a really positive or had a positive impact on my performance. So, so for all of our listeners, um, you can go to accessnutrients.org and use the code THOMASENDURANCE um, to get 25% off uh, your order and um, I think it's going to be something that you guys really like. I encourage you to try it out. Um, it's, uh, it's a really uh, cool product. I think it'd be something that's very impactful for so many athletes and so many listeners of this podcast. So again, that's accessnutrients.org, code THOMASENDURANCE for 25% off your order. Uh, and let us know what you think. Um, it's been something that's been exciting for me to try. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Second area is to find goals uh, that are in alignment with your true self. So what do I mean by that? Um, again, coming out of um, limited opportunities to engage um, in endurance sports, to engage in, um, you know, in outcome-based goals, races, events, things like that. Um, a lot of folks, it's easy to get wrapped up in the moment. Right? So you're planning, you're around your friends. Um, people are talking about big goals. <clears throat> maybe you're out on a training ride or run or whatever it is. you're with a group that you like to train with. Everybody's signing up for these different things. you get pulled into it. and and in the moment you're excited, you're feeding off that energy. that's great. You go back home, you think about it, or you actually have to commit to what it's gonna look like to train for that thing, you find that, Your heart's not really in it. So, this is what I'm talking about. So, set goals that are in alignment with your true self. Don't get pulled in another direction. What do you want to do? So, again, this is that positive psychology piece. You know, you're going to be more invested in things that you actually care about. So, you can tell yourself that you're going to, you can stick with it and you can show up and you can grind it out. And maybe you can, but how long can you do it for? Do right? you do it for one training cycle? Do you do it for one race? Do you do it for one season? Um, however long it lasts. But again, the goal is sustainability and to find joy in that process. So stay true to yourself and don't be, um, don't be afraid to tap into what, to what that thing is. Right. If all your friends or the people around you or training group or or wherever you're getting pulled, social media, Strava, so on and so forth, if they're all signing up for an epic bike race and you'd rather go on a, you know, week long backpacking trip in the mountains, go that way. Right. Maybe you jump into training rides uh, to support those friends. You use it as a complimentary training tool, but it's not the thing that you, you pour yourself into because your heart's not in it, right? Do the thing that you, that you want to do. And if we can remember that when we're setting our goals, that's going to be the piece that keeps us sustainable. And again, it's, we're there now more than ever, because there's just a, there's an energy that we, we, we need to do something right? We have to set some goal. Well, I might as well set this goal based on what my friends are doing. Um, and if that's in alignment with your true self, by all means, rock and roll. If you find yourself fighting it, it's never going to work, right? You're, you're not going to stick with it. Um, you're not going to enjoy the process. Again, it's not going to be sustainable, which for me is, uh, is, is the worst part because you never actually get to realize the full benefits of committing to that athletic experience. So number two, make sure your goals are in alignment with your true self. What do you want to do? Do that thing, commit to it. um, That's going to make you happy. Third one is consistency is king. So if you've listened to the podcast, um, I talk about consistency a lot. Um, it It is all that matters, right? Whatever you do, however much you do it, do it consistently, right? So if that's if two days a week of movement is all that you uh, that you can manage or all that works for you in order to keep things sustainable, fantastic. Do that every week, two days a week, and that's going to yield results over time. Um, so so it's not about what's best or it's not about what is you know. The best training plan, quote unquote, or um, <clears throat> the hardest workouts, or you know, the the latest, greatest, flash in the pan fad, this, that, and the other. Um, <clears throat> what matters is what can you do consistently, day after day, week after week, year after year. That's what's going to get you to where you want to go. So, <clears throat> with that in mind, now studies in neuroscience, um, support as much consistency as possible. So there's been some recent studies that show that not only is consistency in terms of, um, you know, exercising weekly, for instance, right? So that would be kind of the macro version of consistency is I'm going to exercise four days a week. I can show up and do that every week, um, And that's gonna give me the consistency I need. That's fantastic. That's a great starting place. What we're seeing now um, being uncovered is that the more consistency and and the more specific consistency that you can manage to obtain, the better. So um, things like, can you exercise at the same time? Or can you do that thing at the same time? I am a huge advocate of, and a big believer because I've seen it show up in my own life uh, in such a productive way of scheduling your exercise. Uh, everyone's busy. Everyone has crazy days, work lives, home lives. It's hard to manage all the pieces and parts. If you're one of those people, try to schedule your exercise. Block it out, just like you would a meeting, a call, a uh, game that you have to go to for your kids, whatever it is, do it in a way that makes sense for your schedule and show up to that thing like you would show up for everything else. Um, And when your calendar buzzes or you get a notification or you see it, it's time to do that thing, right? It's time to go um, exercise. So work to show up at the same time. So, you know, maybe that's in the morning. Um, Maybe that's a lunch break. Um, maybe that's in the evening right after work, maybe, you know, again, it has to work around your schedule. And I understand that everybody has different constructs and different ways that they move through their day, but if you can, um, <clears throat> set up the same time that starts to, um, to really, uh, encourage and really kind of set into stone, um, that consistency. Another layer of consistency is, Same uh, context. So can you be in the same environment, right? Can you set up an opportunity where when you show up to a specific space, that's um, you're doing the same thing, right? You have a room in your house, you have a space in your garage, you have a space in your bedroom, um, you know, where you, when you show up to that space, it's time to exercise, it's time to move. Um, That helps to solidify that neural, those neural pathways that further lead to consistency. Even furthermore, same activity. So there's a few ways to think about this. One, um, do the same, um, do the same activity, right? So Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 12 o'clock, you do strength training, right? Tuesday, Thursday, at 5 p.m., you do an endurance activity, do an aerobic activity, um, whatever it is. The other way to think about this is that when you set aside that time, say it's you know every morning at 7 a.m., even if you wake up and say you have a bike ride planned, um, if you wake up and you, you don't feel good, or maybe you're a little injured, or maybe you speak with your coach, and you're going to delay that planned workout. Still, use that time for movement. So maybe that's stretching, yoga, mobility work, um, you know, light movement, just to check in with your body. Even meditation. That time still holds the same space. It's, it has the same meaning. So again, what we're doing is we're building. Uh, neural pathways that help to bolster consistency. The more consistent we can create that time, we can. the more consistent that space can be, the more consistent that activity can be um, within that space. And within that time, the easier it's going to get to execute. One of the hardest things for athletes to do is to manage a schedule that's always in flux. So, you know, Monday you wake up and... You respond to your day. And and again, this has been one of the biggest changes we've seen is that people are more reactive now than they've ever been, right? Because things are in flux, but because we're outside of our comfort zone, because the work environment is different, home life is different, um, school schedules are different, we are reactive versus proactive, right? We used to have much more control of... Uh, our work-life divide. We used to have much more control over how our days unfolded. Um, A lot of those things are becoming much more challenging for people. And so we wake up and we're putting out fires. We're reacting. If we can carve out that time, it allows us to be proactive. Um, And that proactive activity is critical for consistency. Um, And When we're putting out fires, when we're responding, it is so hard to nail down consistency. And I know that so many of you listening have felt this, right? As you feel this pressure to get in your workout at some point in the day, but you're not sure when that's going to be. You're not sure how much time you're going to have. You're not sure if you're going to be able to complete the whole workout, so you're going to get in part of it. And then there's a stress associated with that. Really quickly, we get into... A downward spiral, we get into a lack of confidence, we get into some self-doubt. Um, there's a lot connected when we don't nail down consistency. So I really encourage you again, and this is, this is based on neuroscience, um, is the more consistent we can create uh, or the more opportunities we can create for more specific consistency, the better. Number four. Um, is we want to fight the uh, expediency bias. So, expediency bias, very similar to um, to uh, the hedonic principle that I mentioned earlier. The expediency bias is um, is is very simply that you know we want to look for quick solutions. So again, if we tie it back to our experiences, the trauma that we have, uh, because we're tired, because we're stretched thin, because things are more challenging, because life, um, you know, if we kind of boil it down and simplify it, because life takes more effort um, than maybe it felt like it used to, um, we can... Uh, We can lean on this expediency bias. And this is a a bias that's linked to how we make decisions. Uh, There's several of them. Um, You've probably heard of the experience bias. Um, And so the expediency bias is, you know, again, we look for quick solutions. And it doesn't mean that we're looking for the best solution. We're looking for the quickest solution because it's the path of least resistance. It takes Um, It doesn't take as much brain power. It doesn't take as much thought or commitment uh, or effort. Now, what we know is that the expediency bias so often doesn't actually give us the result that we want or doesn't produce the best decision, right? This is the, um, well, you know, I'm not sure what the best answer is. I'm just going to go with my gut. It's the snap decision that is based on What's the what's the quickest path to an answer where I can put this behind me and and move on? So if we link that to uh, to our goals as athletes and to endurance sports, uh, we can see how during again during the last several years, this could have so easily manifested itself in all um, all areas of our lives. But again, specifically as athletes, could have uh, manifested itself in uh, in our diet, right? I don't have the energy, um, I don't feel like I have the energy to make decisions about how to eat healthy. I'm gonna take um, the quickest path, the easiest path, um, just so I can feed myself. Um, It doesn't produce the results we want, but it's an answer, it's a solution, rinse and repeat, exercise, right? It is, uh, it's harder, it's more challenging to push myself, Um, so I'm either not going to exercise at all, or I'm going to do a really easy thing that I know is actually not going to yield the results I want. Um, it's not going to make me feel how I want. Um, it's not going to help me reach my goals like I'd like to. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to take this, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leverage or, or lean into the expediency bias so that it's quick. Um, and you know, the list goes on, right? We can apply that quick path to a decision, um, in any area of our lives, but we can see how it actually doesn't, it so often doesn't yield the results that we want. And so that's when, you know, we want to, we want to think about, you know, what do we actually want, right? Yes, this is an easier decision to make. Yes, it doesn't require as much thought or effort, Um, but does does it yield the results that I'm looking for? Is it actually going to make me happy? Does it bring me joy? Um, does it get me closer to my goals? So often the answer is no. Um, and so that's where, again, we understand where we kind of naturally go to when we're pushed, when we're stressed, um, when we're stretched thin, maybe we sit with that for a second, right? Yeah, you know, I had a stressful day. It would be easier to not exercise. Or it would be easier, instead of going for my run, just to go for an easy walk, what if I just try to run for 10 minutes and see how I feel, check in with myself? Um, if I still feel too tired, um, I'll walk home. Um, odds are I'll feel pretty good, right? Odds are once I get moving, I'll actually uh, support my goals. I'll feel good about myself. I'll have more energy. Same thing with diet, right? Um, if I make healthy decisions. If I make decisions that I feel good about, um, that's going to support healthy, healthy decisions down the road. So, you know, one good decision leads to another good decision. Uh, it's much easier to build on a solid foundation than a shaky one. So the last one that I want to talk about is that we want to factor in the cost. So, when we're thinking about decisions, and we do this in all areas of our lives, we do a cost-benefit analysis, right? <clears throat> Some people go as far as to write it down. But even if we don't, you know, do a pro-con list or, or write down um, what the actual cost of a thing is, we, we always factor that in into our minds, you know, or, or in our minds. And so when we think about the cost of... Of health, when we think about the cost of our goals, when we think about the cost of pursuing those goals, what um, what happens um, psychologically is that we almost always only think about the costs associated with doing that thing. We don't think about the costs associated with not doing that thing. And there are costs to both. Now, the cost to for doing that thing, are often much more clear cut. So we break that down. The cost for um, for signing up for a marathon um, can be broken down into actual financial expenses. Right, you've signed up for the race. Um, you need a new pair of running shoes. You're not sure how to train for a marathon, so you need a coach. Um, you, you know are going to need um, you know, nutrition equipment, right? Or nutrition supplier and to pay for that every month to make sure that you're hydrated and well-fueled. You might need a gym membership, a supplemental training to your run training. So those are all line items. And you can come up with a cost. And that can create friction in a number of ways, right? It can create friction internally. Say, oh, that's a lot of money. Um, not sure if I value that thing that much. Um You know, it can create friction in our families, right? If our partner uh, or those that we're close with or those that rely on us, um, if that, if they don't value that thing, if if they can't see the value in that bottom line, then that's going to create friction. So the cost benefit analysis, we we can very clearly see uh, the cost of doing the thing, right? And often that has an actual number. Um, whether it's monthly or yearly or whatever. What we don't see is the cost of not doing that thing. And it's not quite as clear, but it's so important to factor it in. So let's use signing up for a race, okay? So I sign up for a race. I need equipment. Um, I need a coach. Uh, Maybe I need, you know, massage therapy. Uh, I'm going to need, again, gym membership. You know, whatever those pieces are. It doesn't necessarily have to be that complex, but there is a cost associated with it. Well, what's the cost of not doing it? It's your health. It's your, you know, mental and emotional state. It's the value of of carving out time for yourself. Um, It's how you feel when you reach that goal. It's how you feel when you you engage in that process. It's the joy that that process brings. It's um, how it makes you a better person and how it allows you to show up for yourself Um, and how it allows you to show up for others. Um, you know, it's your long-term, um, you know, health. It's your long-term satisfaction with what you've accomplished. So there's all these costs that maybe they don't have a dollar sign associated with them, but they are immense. Um, and I would argue that they are much greater than the costs associated with doing the thing, but we get bogged down in, in the bottom line, right? We see the cost of doing the thing. We don't see the cost of not doing the thing. So I'd encourage you to think about the cost of not doing the thing. It is hard. Um, it is hard to commit. It's hard to carve out uh, a consistent schedule. It's hard to set realistic goals. It's hard to continue to push yourself. But those hard things are important because the cost of not doing them is is immense, right? Uh, and it 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 can be as simple as the cost is not being healthy, right? And at the end of the day, our health is all we have, right? We've heard that time and time again. So, um, quick recap: five areas scientifically that we see um, that support um, you know why we should push ourselves and why it's challenging to do that, but why it's important. Number one is to set realistic goals, right? So your goals need to be in alignment with your current ability. Set your goals just on the other side of that and use that to create a runway that that allows you to enjoy the process, to find joy and sustainability um, in those athletic goals. Make sure your goals are in alignment with your true self, number two. Um, And don't get pulled in too many different directions. Focus on what you want and do that thing and set goals around that. Number three, consistency is king. As much consistency as you can carve out, make it happen. So again, not only time of day, but the place, the activity, um, really set an intention to make consistency a part of what you do. Use that as an opportunity to be proactive versus reactive. Again, we've gotten more and more reactive as our circumstances have changed on a day-to-day basis. Be consistent. Uh, or at least work to infuse as much consistency as possible. Number four is to fight the expediency bias. Don't do the thing uh, that is easiest, right? Really work to think about what's the best actual um, decision that you can make, not necessarily the easiest. And number five is to factor in the cost of not doing the thing, right? When we're doing a cost-benefit analysis in our heads, when we're setting goals, when we're thinking about what we want to accomplish, don't just factor in the cost of doing the thing. What does it cost to not do it? I promise you that the cost of not doing it uh, is much greater long-term than the cost of actually doing the thing. So uh, I hope this was, uh, was helpful as always. Um, if you have any questions, let us know at enduranceminded.com. And uh, thanks so much for those of you who have rated and subscribe and share Endurance Minded with your friends. If you've yet to do so, um, please, please do it. Uh, it means so much to me. It's the lifeblood of podcasts. Um, so uh, uh, rate, subscribe, share on any uh, platform that you listen to. It would mean the world to me. Um, and uh, if there's any way that I can help, uh, let us know at enduranceminded.com. As always, ThomasEnduranceCoaching.com for anything that we talk about on the podcast. Our world-class coaching team uh, would love to talk to you, love to understand how we can support you. And uh, if there's anything um, that we can do to help you better understand uh, these constructs, how to integrate them into your life, how to integrate them into uh, how you set goals, how you find joy in the process as an athlete. Um, That's our passion. That's what we're here to do. And uh, you can reach us at thomasendurancecoaching.com. Um and until then uh, I'll see you next time.